Jimmy Hart Jimmy just grabbed him. Wait, 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 what, what, what are you? I almost nailed him. Home run oh, pass. Please take the camera to the box. We need help. The outsiders in the back. Come on. Get We need somebody in the back, please. What is he talking about? Need somebody. He's trying to get a cameraman. The outsiders are in the back, please. I don't know. He's taking a cameraman out in the back. Craig Leathers can hear us. Craig, are you going to send a cameraman back there or not? Okay. He said the outsiders were back the there. Who was where? He said the, the cameraman is going to the back. Apparently the outsiders are back there. And Jimmy Hart's up on the apron of the ring. Jimmy Hart is up on the apron of the ring. And this is not a Dungeon of Doom ploy. Yeah, this is not the place for a Dungeon of Doom. This is serious business here. Look at him. What's he doing? He's going berserk. He's trying to stop this match. He's trying to get anybody he can to help. And he's got the attention of Lex Luger. He's going to get out of there. They're going to nail him. Get out of there, Jimmy! He said we need help. Where are they going? They're going! Luger! Luger! Stick! Wait a minute, we go to the back! Arn Anderson down! There they are! They got baseball bats! The coward jerks! That's Marcus Bagwell! Wait a minute! All the all, everybody's left the ring here, and there's Rey Mysterio. Hey, he dove up. That's Rey Mysterio. There's the cruiserweight champion, Rey Mysterio. Oh no! Hey. Oh, head first into the trailer in the back. He threw him like he was a dart. Arn Anderson, the first man we saw down. All six wrestlers have left the ring. This match is going to be a double countout. What match? The Macho hey, Man. He's on the. The Macho Man is on the limousine! I'm trying to get the sunroom! Oh my god! I don't know if we can... The Macho Man is grabbing through the limousine! I told you he's nuts! And people this are standing is, here. I don't, this we, is too much. Where's all the security we had here? All right, let's listen in. Let's just... There's Mysterio. There's... The American males are getting... Oh my god! Again and welcome to episode number ninety-nine of the Retro Wrestling Podcast. I'm intern Alex, joined as always by the one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. And Patrick, happy birthday to you! I don't have a birthday present for you though, no biggie, because I had ordered one, but it's not going to be ready until the middle of December. So I knew that when I ordered it because it said it will be ready then, but I didn't look at that until a few days before your birthday, and I realized, oh, well, that sucks because now I don't have anything. So Well, I'm, I'm trying to make up for yours because I didn't get you anything either, so your Christmas gift is going to double. I mean, wow. it's going to be very nice, but it's going to double as your birthday oh. and Christmas. So. We both sound like bad stepdads where it's just like, oh, I, I know I forgot. 
forgot your birthday this year, yeah. son, but don't worry because next year it'll be twice as good. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So did you do anything fun for your birthday? Uh, No, not a damn thing. Wow. Not the exciting a damn world thing. of Patrick Young. I am 29 and holding. 29, according to your mom, yeah. Yeah, I'm 29 and holding. So. Did she get your age right this year? I think so, yes. Yes. Without you telling her? Well, I don't know about that, but yeah. So technically I'm 30, but I'm just telling everybody I'm 29 and holding. Yeah. So the big 3-0, though. Do you feel differently? I feel now? old, man. Well, but you've you've always felt old, though. You've... Yeah, but I do shit, you know, you do shit in the ring, and then next morning you're like, oh, yeah, that was nothing last night. Now you do shit in the ring, and you're like, fuck, I don't want to roll out of bed, I'm hurting, I'm sore. I, I know what Terry Funk goes through. I don't think you do, because I think he's been through quite uh, a little bit more. Monday night, we had a terrible episode of Raw. Oh, my God. I am so tired of Baron Corbin. When we saw the NXT house show a couple years ago in Nashville, he was on that card, and I remember thinking, this guy... He's terrible. ...is terrible in the ring. Yeah. Now they've got him on... He is the star of Monday Night Raw. They've got him actually speaking on multiple occasions. This is a guy that literally a year and a half ago with long hair would walk out and say, I'm the lone wolf, and just walk the fuck away. Now he's our commissioner. Yeah. And he puts himself into matches and is all over the show. I I want Kurt Angle back. I am actually what I really want is Mick Foley. I long for the days of John Laurinaitis at this point. Damn, that's I'm, bad. I'll take anybody. I will take Mike Adamley. I will take anybody. I will take Coach to be the GM. William Regal, promote him from NXT. I just need something different. I would like William Regal to take over again. That would be nice. In addition to Baron Corbin, the writing on the show is so terrible with Drake Maverick pissing on robes and... Shawn Michaels could be commissioner. I'd like to see him come back. Oh, yeah. Again. Well, I mean, what they've the got people backstage. Do? Arn Anderson could be the commissioner. Oh, dude, Arn, that'd be awesome. The enforcer. Sorry it not to interrupt, sense. but you've, yeah. got my, you've got my wheels turning in here. I'm trying to figure it out. Okay, no, back to what you were saying. Now it's just nonstop Baron Corbin. Yeah. And now Alexa Bliss, who apparently is not going to be cleared to wrestle for some time, is now in charge of the women on the show. So now we have two... Heel authority figures, and she's not a very good wrestler. I'm sorry, she's not. Oh, I like Alexis Blisses. I like her her in ring talent. I think I think she's a good mouthpiece as well. Now she's a good talker, but she has no business being in the wrestling ring. I would much rather have her actually in charge of the entire. It would be so cool. Now, really, put her in charge of Raw, and put Paige in charge of SmackDown, and see what happens. The stipulation heading into TLC is if Braun Strowman, who is out with an injury, if he can even make it to the match, if he wins the match, then Baron Corbin loses his job, I think, is the stipulation. Or if he... It doesn't work like that, is it? It's If Baron Corbin wins, he, he gets to be the... He gets the job forever. Yeah. There's no... If he loses, there's no stipulation, right? Oh, I have no idea. I, they lost me with that whole shit. I, have, I really don't know. It's bad this time of year anyway. But this seems worse than other years. Yeah. When you're just sitting around waiting for the Royal Rumble and there's nothing going on. Not a damn thing. And the problem with that also is that they don't put a lot of effort into even trying to make storylines make sense nowadays. It's like, oh, we're on Christmas break. We're just going to fly through the motions. What the hell? I remember Christmas shows used to be the shit. 
Well, that one we reviewed from 97 was a really great episode yeah. of Raw. And you were like, damn, I wish this was every single year. They've gone away from that. And so, I don't know. It's gotten ridiculous. Uh, how was SmackDown? I didn't see SmackDown. Was it? I only saw parts of Raw. So, SmackDown was a better show, but the bar was set so low on Monday that it didn't have to overcome that much. Only had three wrestling matches on the show. And then the a two-hour was... show, and it only had three matches? That's right. But the segments, the talking segments, were okay. The crowd responded to them because it was Becky and Charlotte, and now Asuka is going to be in a TLC match with the two of them, and so the crowd responded well to that. But, yeah. Good Lord. Dreadful. That sounds brutal. It's almost as brutal as the episode that I selected to review this week of Monday Nitro, which I thought oh, was a, a great episode. I enjoyed the hell out of it. Well, I absolutely because you know why it was it was. I'll get into it. Never mind. I'll get into it here in a few. But well, it, it was a very important episode of Nitro. But oh, huge to to rewatch it now. Not doesn't hold up as well. No, you really had Bischoff, to be there. Bischoff was brilliant, like literally the finger on the button. Brilliant because I'll just go into it now. Is because he put on like what started to be a pretty decent show. You know, we're kicking off with Mike Enos and Duggan, <laughs> and I was like, you know, and Duggan's all upset and. You know, hurt. And oh, he gave the most egregious promo I've ever heard. Yeah, I mean... It, what he said in his promo, we'll talk about it in a little but while. That's but that's a... You know, but then we, we go into the sixth man and the NWO attack happens in the back and you're like, damn. And so the show just takes a left turn and it goes to shit. Like it's terrible. On purpose. On purpose. That's the thing. Is you watch it and you're like, this show fucking sucks. There's a reason. Because Bischoff wanted people to get so mad at the NWO for taking what their good lineup was, that it was going to be an awesome Nitro, for taking that away from them by attacking over half the damn roster, uh, roster by, by attacking over half the damn roster backstage. Well, over half is a little bit of an exaggeration. It was like four guys. It was like five guys. Well, the number four is very important in this episode as well, too. Oh, yes. But before we dive into Nitro from 22 years ago, uh, <laughs> let's talk about what's happening in the world of pro wrestling in the month of December as we enter December in 2018. Vince McMahon is getting sued. Well, he's not getting sued. It's Adidas is challenging the trademark he filed for his Alpha Entertainment logo. They don't like the A. They think it looks too much like their A. If you took the Adidas logo and turned it vertical, it that it's it is. I. They're close, man. They're I, close. Well, we know that Vince has had trouble with his logos in the past and his use of lettering and uh, with the World Wildlife Fund in particular where he's had some issues with that. And so this has always been a problem uh, for, for old Vinnie Mac. But at the end of the day, I think he'll reach some settlement with Adidas or Adidas. Adidas wants to protect their brand, and I understand that. But at the same time, Alpha Entertainment isn't what's going to be on the TV. The TV is going to say XFL. The Correct. logos everywhere is going to be XFL logos. Which, by the way, the XFL, the week that we publish this podcast, the XFL is announcing the cities, the eight cities that will get an XFL team. So cross your fingers, Patrick. Chattanooga. Chattanooga, Tennessee. 
XFL, here we come. One of the cities has already been revealed. St. Louis is going to get one of the franchises. That's, that's an awesome, that's a good, that's really a good call. Well, after the Rams left to go to Los yeah. Angeles, they, they need a team. So That's a great call, actually. I do. I agree. But Adidas, to be upset over him using that as the holding company for the XFL, as that logo, that logo's not going to be on merchandise. That logo's not going to generate any revenue no, for Vince. No, so not a damn thing. I don't really see their point. You have to have a logo, apparently. You have to have a name. Oh, you got to have a brand, A Patrick. name or a well, logo. Well, I mean, we have, a logo for... <laughs> we have a logo for our show, right. so everything has a logo. Well, I'm driving. I have a logo for people that cut me off, but that's a different story. You show them the one finger logo exactly. that you came up with. Yes. Imagine if someone had trademarked that. You can't show your one finger. Uh, that's Austin, my... Austin would have made tons of money if he trademarked it. That's true, yeah. He has a good argument for it, but I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't think he's going to win. But so Alpha Entertainment isn't going to be, you're not going to go buy an Alpha Entertainment shirt. So Adidas wants to stop him from using this. I'm going to go buy an Alpha documents. Entertainment. I'm going to go buy an Alpha Entertainment shoe. Shoe? Yeah. Oh, because you're confused. You think yeah. it's Adidas. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. Same damn thing. Yeah, no, Adidas probably doesn't want their name associated with the XFL. It's probably the bigger issue. They don't want to be anywhere near that. In all seriousness, yeah, probably so, because I wouldn't wouldn't want to be associated (laughs) with the XFL if it's not going to be what I I want it to be. If you're not making any money on it. Well, it's not that. I want my no-rules football, and unfortunately, I don't think this is going to be no-rules football. No-rules football is just— It's dead. Uh, the the original concept is dead. Well, yeah, for good reason. It was pretty awful. So that was great. Oh yeah, it was so great. You got. I mean, the very first thing is two guys scrambling for the football, and one breaks his arm right then. Boom. That's your hook. Carry his ass out. Send another meat. A meat slab person up there. You just want NFL blitz to come to life. Oh, you know that is so true. Yeah, or blitz the league. You, blitz you the want league. guys shooting steroids up on the oh, sidelines. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But you know, it's not the '90s anymore. We yeah, can't, we can't do that. We've we've cooled off. Yeah. So I don't I don't know where this is gonna go for Adidas and Vince. Just get a different letter A. You can go on five or pay five bucks and get a new letter A for Alpha Entertainment. No, don't do that. That's the diamond cutter symbol. I'm sure he'll pay. Uh, he'll pay. DDP quite a Or that's bit. aces and eights. Or no, that's what Shayna Baszler does now. She's the, what, the queen of spades. Yeah. She does that. We can't do that because that's... that's... Oh, that's a vagina. <laughs> I mean, we can't do that because that's a... Uh, what's uh, that's, well, that's like AJ Styles yeah, with the gloves on. Yeah, the gloves on thing. So we can't do that. So I don't know. I will work hand in hand and You'll try get... to... I'll get a logo for Vince. Just go into Microsoft Word, open it up, and type A and send that in. There you there. go. Branding that would work. Times New Roman. It would be awesome. Times New Roman Reigns. Exactly. I yeah. hope he's doing all right. By the way, we give him shit on here, but I, you know, he's your guest special return at Royal Rumble. Well, he's been thirty the past like five years in a row, so it wouldn't be that. And the winner of the mix match challenge gets number thirty, Patrick, and he's not in that. He so. was. No. He wasn't? He's too good for that. He's not a geek. Oh, okay. The Shield oh. Were, were exempt from doing geek work. Gotcha. But Braun Strowman had to be in it. It was him and Alexa Bliss, right? Well, but then she got hurt. And she then, got hurt. Then he gets hurt. Yeah, so their whole team has They're changed. Out. 
Well, they're out now because he was replaced with uh, Kurt Hawkins. What exactly did he do to his elbow? He has bone spurs in his elbow. Oh, okay. So it's bone spurs. All yeah, right. so they wrote him off TV with the, I heard like the, I don't. They said that the, it was. the. They call it a weenus. What? That's what. Your weenus. <laughs> your weenus is your funny bone, okay, in your elbow. Oh, okay. That's gross. That's what it's called. It's called a weenus. It's the funny bone in your elbow. But okay. I heard through the grapevine that he actually shattered that part of his elbow. No, that's but I what, didn't know if that was true or that's not. That's what WWE put out to make it sound awesome, just like how Becky Lynch broke her face. You know, they just, they're coming up with different terms now right. to try to make it sound more tough. I don't know. So oh, I hate the sound of bone chips. You know who gets bone spurs? Pussies. <laughs> Braun Strowman's biggie shattered his elbow. His weenus no longer works. Oh. <laughs> Don't tell Vince it's called that, or that, that'll be the new thing. So what else do you have for us? I have Impact Wrestling looking for a new station. Yes, their contract with Pop TV runs out at the end of the year. Well, their contract with Pop TV was really awful to begin with because it was a barter deal, which meant that they didn't get paid for their time on Pop. They just got to run commercials. Which was stupid. Yeah, it's stupid, but at the time they had no choice. Right. It was either that or go, go out, out of business. Of business. Yeah. So they went ahead and took that deal, and now they'll be searching for a new home in 2019, and you say that Errol Lucha will be taking yeah. their place on Pop. Our, uh, our new jumping company out of Nashville... Just two oh. hours up north up the road, buddy. Run by two of the greatest guys. No, run by two neo-Nazis, Ron and Don Harris, <laughs> allegedly. But uh, uh, Conan's doing the writing for them and most of the booking. Uh, it's it's just a great... It's a, that, the Conan's sh- coming out of retirement to work an MLW show. The, so. two L, the, two, the two shows they put on so far have actually been really good. And Ray Mysterio's match alone put well, he won't be doing it. No, now, but it put so. them it put them on the map as a credible company or a credible show. And so to finally, I mean, no, Pop TV is not. You know, it used on, to be the TV Guide channel. It yeah. used to just scroll it's, TV listings. Yeah, it's not. The it's not on. You know, Chattanooga's. You know, show you can't case. get a basic I mean, cable yeah. offering with it. Right, here it's not in town. on our listing whatsoever. But just to get the name out there to get for an upcoming show, just kind of like a failing show, it's not a bad idea to sign with them and just, you know, hey, get the name out there. And so, no, I think Arrow Lucha, that'd be great. Uh, It's not set in stone yet, but it has been multiple people have reported that it's going to possibly, quite possibly, be Arrow Lucha because apparently they liked what they saw. I personally would like to see Billy Corgan put on a weekly NWA show. Uh, based on NWA 70, I don't think I want to see well, that. That wasn't his fault. That was the fucking people that he paid 20 bucks to try to work <laughs> the damn thing. Well, that's what he'll do for a pop TV show. It's He's not getting paid for it, so he's just losing money. How much money do I want to lose this week? So He might get paid for it. I mean, he could, I'm sure, with a name like his, he could work a deal to where he gets some sort of of royalty. What else do you have, Patrick? Uh, last but certainly not least, UK indie talent being scooped up by WWE. Well, they... And it's not just UK. I want to specifically throw that out there. They're scooping up talent like crazy, indie talent, around the world. And it, in my opinion, just my opinion, 
indie shows, indie wrestling as a whole is taking a big turn, and it's the booming thing, and it's get your name out there. Like we talked about a couple of shows back, that you're a brand, and indie shows are promoting each individual person as a brand. You're not promoting the WWE. You're promoting Alex. You're promoting Patrick Young. You're promoting Brenton. You're, you're promoting yourself as a brand. That pisses WWE off then because what they've worked so hard to have, they're now slowly losing. And so now all of a sudden, they're going out there and they're like, oh, well, we'll, we'll put you a part of NXT. But they're putting little clauses in there that it is highly suggestive that you will not make it any further than NXT. I wish I was making this shit up. So you're paying guys who are not you're just putting people on the bench yeah you're putting people on the bench and so what you're doing is you're you're scooping up talent for indie shows here's the gamble if you're in the wrestling business do i want to get a weekly paycheck and not work yes i would like that work or or work middle class or do i want to be the guy like cody rhodes and the rest of them look wwe in the face say fuck you go out and make a name for myself prove myself then walk back in there and say, all right, you're going to hire me now or what? And then start working WrestleMania. These guys aren't going to ever get a chance to work WrestleMania, and it's bullshit because they're not given the opportunity to work past NXT. And it's, I just I find it completely insulting for, uh, for indie talent and for upcoming talent that, I mean, it's, it's killing. It's another way of killing the wrestling business. So what the WWE's done is they've changed their contracts for their UK uh, employees. They were very liberal with, I mean, something that the WWE hadn't been doing up until recently. They were letting their talent, like Pete Dunne, could go work a match against Austin Aries and Evolve. Yeah. And they would let that happen. And they would let those small companies even televise, stream the matches and profit off of it. Now they've cut that out. You can still go work other shows, but you have to not be televised so right. those companies can't sell an i pay-per-view with, which is which is on in the legends contract as well right so it's just to protect it's to protect their talent but yeah it's also to squeeze out the other but there's but that's the thing is they're scooping up indie talent like crazy i mean they like i'm not making this up they are especially overseas it's being reported that they're scooping up Australian talent, they're going over to... Yeah, it's, it's to world the, domination. Yeah, well, it truly is. And, I mean, hell, if you can't go to the indies to try to get talented people and let them have years of growing and improving themselves on the indie circuit, or you send them to the WWE Training Center and they work their ass off and then you put them on the main roster, well, if you're hiring... A million wrestlers. There's only 30 spots on the main roster. The, those odds just don't work for me. The, the if you're an indie pro wrestler, if you're an independent pro wrestler and you think you are going to be the next big thing or whatever, well, then you wouldn't sign that contract to begin with. You wouldn't sign a contract thinking, I'm just going to end up on the bench. The scene in independent wrestling isn't going to be diminished by this because the guys that that see what's happened with... Cody and the Young Bucks and all those guys, they're just going to keep doing independent dates and not sign with the WWE because of the fear that they're going to be benched, have their name changed, not be included in video games, 
be erased from memory in order to get yeah a steady paycheck, but they have no creative freedom and they're not promoted and they're not they're not top of the card. So well, even even middle of the damn card, you know, you're not given an opportunity to earn your spot. Well, we got to make room for Baron roster. Corbin. We need more Baron Corbin. We don't have any, any time for send, Walter. Somebody sent his ass back to the Indies. Good lord. I think it would take more than that to uh, improve that man's. I mean, Send him back to the so NFL. Many, there's so many, and I, I'm dead serious about this. I'm pretty sure every wrestling fan would agree. There are so many people on the main roster that have no business being there. Yeah, but the company doesn't fire people anymore. I've been since we started this podcast. I've been screaming about Titus O'Neil should probably get a pink slip. I like the guy. He seems like a great guy. Dad of the year. But he sucks. And why is he there? He is there for... To grab Vince's arm and get suspended for 60 days. Why is Apollo Crews there? He's a great wrestler. He's a great wrestler, but they won't give him a push. So why do we... Uh, why does Aiden English get a paycheck The modern-day Maharaja. Well, he didn't get a paycheck for a little while, so they were... <laughs> but why is he back and why is he working the main card? Because, because they can say they have an Indian who was a champion. Exactly. I think they are trying to be politically correct instead of just shutting the fuck up and put on a wrestling show. There's like a lot the of crappy of white wrestlers on the card too. There, so. Yeah, I'm not just denying that. There are terrible. Aiden English will never get fired. Why? Because he what? He's in the Guerrero family. Boom. That's it right there. <laughs> but. He sucks. <laughs> well, there's who gives a shit who his family is. I mean, Enzo Amore had a job there listen, for a while. <laughs> listen, I love Colby Carino to death. I think he's a very talented athlete. He will work his way up the main roster at some point in time. Just because his dad was Steve Carino doesn't mean his ass should be right there on the main roster as we speak. He's not ready. It's not going to work. It doesn't happen. Period. Yeah. Um, I mean, I. I I don't care who your family was. Well, Charlotte Charlotte Flair, if Charlotte Flair was as bad as Aiden English, even though her dad was Ric Flair, I'd say get the fuck out. Well, we've seen David Flair already, so we've had that experience. David wasn't as bad as Ang- Aiden English. Oh, no. I You're giving David Flair way too much credit now. I actually enjoyed David Flair's matches. There was you dra- are the one. There was drama. Congratulations! There was, it was very. We've had a breakthrough. I found the one David Flair fan. I actually did. I enjoyed outside his of Rick. I, so. I enjoyed his matches, but I mean, it's just it's ridiculous, and it's no. Well, it's capital. It's how Vince expanded in the eighties. He shut down the territories, and that's what he's trying to do now, or and make it a global thing. And so there's an NXT Australian, and an NXT Japan, and an NXT China, and. You'll just have all these, but things. you're never going to make the main roster. That's the thing. well, you might, right? So no, you <laughs> won't. But I mean, that's the out of, the, the gamble you take, and also it, out for, of fifteen NXT shows, okay, thirty people to forty people on in the on the roster for that NXT show, okay? Yeah. You mean to tell me? They're all going to be main event. That's bullshit. But for an independent wrestler who's living in his car and you get this offer to get a check and you don't have to bust your ass all the time and work so many days out of the week, 
it's an easy out, and I, I don't blame them for taking no, the money. No, I don't blame them for taking it. But what I'm saying is there are better ways to go about it because what they're doing is they're trying to kill off indie wrestling. Well, it'll always exist, Patrick, and, I mean, the quality of it might vary. The from quality's going to drop heavily. I don't think it's going to really – you're not going to really notice it. I mean – I mean, that's the difference between old school wrestling and strong style. The difference is you're going to recognize it heavily. It's like very, eventually, very Eventually, the roster, they will downsize, and you'll have guys, you'll have people like Neville that go back to the scene, and you'll... I think that bridge is burned. I don't think he's going ever back. But I mean, no, not going back to the company, but uh, they'll, they'll eventually have to trim the roster at some point. So then you'll have all these... These recognizable names go. I mean, that's what happened with Cody Rhodes. I mean, before, if it wasn't for the WWE, he wouldn't be a huge star on the See, indie I, circuit. I argue that fact because he's a Rhodes. I think that that alone would have made him a star. But he would have it. He would still had to have bust his ass on the indie circuit to make it, instead of just walking right into NXT and saying, "Hey, I'm." You know, Dusty's son. I want to learn how to wrestle. Boom. Oh, because you are who you are. Boom. Here's the main roster. Don't get me wrong. Cody is talented as hell. It was a major advantage, though, bringing people from the WWE, people that were familiar with the WWE product, to say, oh, I remember that guy. He's working here now. And then they yeah. check it out. Because if he didn't have that, it, it would have. That's like Jericho. Jericho going to New Japan. Yeah, but I think that was I don't think he brought a lot of attention with it. He improved his own brand. He improved himself. Yeah, he, and he now has because of doing so, he now is doing his own crew, wrestling crews. He's now he's now making money promoting nothing but himself, which yeah. is brilliant. So I don't think the indie the independent scene of pro wrestling isn't going to suffer, I don't think. This is it's going to be just fine, Patrick. I think Patrick. you're giving some indie wrestlers out there a little too much credit. You're going to be able to go watch $10 down the street in Chattanooga every other Saturday. It's going to be fine. You're just going to... Oh, man. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. It was my pick this week, and I decided to pick an episode of Nitro. I picked this episode because I thought it was still the one-hour version of Nitro, and I was sadly, sadly disappointed no, they went to two when we still had Red and Yellow Brother. Yeah, because for all these Monday Night War things, they never mentioned the fact that sometimes the shows didn't go head-to-head because Raw would had moved to nine and yeah. Nitro was still an hour or they it was opposite or some nights Nitro wasn't on because the NBA was on or Raw wasn't on because of a dog show yeah, or tennis or whatever. They, they failed to always mention that it wasn't always just – they're on at the same time. Sometimes one I, show was off. I love that on the on the the weekly. If you go back and look at the weekly uh, numbers, and you're like, "Hey, I beat them." You know, we had a five point and they had a three point one or something like that. Well, it's because it wasn't on the same night. They don't tell you that on the numbers. They just look at it like, "Boom, there you go." That's well, cuz they get to in wrestling this week. They get to rewrite the history now yeah. that they own all of it. Yeah. So, yeah, we we did an 8.5. Nitro wasn't on that week, but take our word for it. Yeah. We we crushed them. Yeah. 
this I just, was, I find that to be funny because history is not as true as they make it out to be. Oh no, it's they would never inflate numbers or twist things ever. Yeah. This is the WWF. Hundred thousand in Dallas. I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah, a hundred thousand at the Georgia Dome. That's, a million people that's at including, Pontiac Silver Dome. Yeah, that's it's I just mean, facts. That's including all the wrestlers and the, every everyone in the neighborhood. Yeah, all the wrestlers. They were all watching the ring crew, electrical crew. That that's including every single person to get that many. So I picked the July 29th, 1996 edition of Monday Nitro. This is when Nitro was shooting at the Disney MGM Studios. I love this. I really A wish... formula scooped up by TNA, and they said, you know, that was a really good idea. I enjoyed the idea. I liked the way it looked on TV. It ex- looked except, great. Except for that giant tree in the entryway. That's true. I don't know how... Who set this up? Did they not see... Oh, there's a fucking tree there. We'll Maybe we shouldn't it. put the ramp... Right there. I agree. That was kind of odd. I agree. And I have to say, the lack of barriers and those weird seats near the ring were filled by some pretty weird people. You had, and to, pay your, you had to pay your extra money. Oh, those are the VIP seats. Yeah, exactly. Well, except tonight there were four seats there that were never filled. I guess that was supposed to be for the NWO. They, that was they, never explained. They, I guess that's how they got into Disney World that day. They may, they may have bought tickets and just decided to jump some people i mean we don't know yet we'll have to find out like it looked good on tv for the most part but it's just those minor things that i didn't really like about it and in some weeks i think they had corrected it by this point and it's no fault of the people that were sitting there but they put like the wheelchair people that was the handicap section was right there and so all your fans are like elderly or disabled it's not the product, the hot young product that you want to display. Right. And so it was, and then the wrestlers have no guardrail to sling each other into. So when they get to the outside, they're very confused about what to do. I enjoyed the outside shows, though. I mean, it's a, it, where, it, yes, it was shot the exact same location as TNA or whatever. Well, TNA was, was down the street at Universal years later. But I'm just saying it oh, was. Oh, but the outdoor. It the outdoor was a shoot. different. It was a completely different look because of the outdoor shoot when the in like the evening and you can tell the sun's going down and by the time it's dark is it's time for the the main event. I just enjoy outdoor shows. They're very rare. And to, Raw never runs them. No. And never. Nitro used to run Club La Vila. They lo- They ran the fucking R.I.P. And the, then <laughs> they yeah. ran the beach. I mean, oh yeah, Hog Wild. Yeah, they ran. They didn't care about selling tickets. That yeah. was never. No. Oh, who cares that. about yeah. that? We got oh, Uncle going, Ted's we're money. To, we're going to Sturgis. We're just going to ride motorcycles there, and we're going to set up right in the middle of a field and just let. We're going to waste a million in. dollars on our production, and we're going to get zero in ticket sales. Yeah, we're going to let everybody just ride up around the ring and watch it. So if you went into MGM Studios that day, I guess you just got wrestling for free. It was just a bonus. Probably they probably held. So like, they had no right to complain later on in the show because you get what you pay for, Patrick. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that here in a minute. Tony and Larry welcome us into this edition of Nitro. They've got their Mickey Mouse shirts on. Their good little employee shirts. Yay, Mickey! Woohoo! We get bait and switch right off the bat as they advertise two title matches tonight that we won't be seeing as Arn Anderson gets to take on the Giant for the world title. And Rey Mysterio is going to take on Eddie Guerrero Man. for the cruiserweight title. Man, I thought, 
I was like, hell yeah, Arn Anderson in a world title match. If anyone is tough enough to beat the Giant, Arn could possibly do it. And also, a third match, not for a title, but the American Males, your favorite tag team of all time, will take on the Steiner Brothers. Or would they? Maybe. We'll have to wait and see. What about Vicious and Delicious? Not formed yet. Not formed yet. Okay. One half of the American Males. That's true, yes. Before Scotty Riggs tragically lost his eye. And... You know how? It's the fucking light shot he takes here a little bit later. <laughs> yeah, the NWO robbed that shit, him. That shit... Seriously, the echo from that thing off his skull was brutal. Tony explains to us that the control center, which is the production truck, has been under attack from the New World Order. It has. Maybe you guys should do something about that. What What is Doug Dillinger getting paid for out there? Oh, Doug, <laughs> Doug Dillinger didn't get paid to do shit, all right? Larry Zabisco doesn't like the New World odor scaring the little guys in the control room. And he would really try to get that New World odor thing over for the next really? uh, couple years. Three years, yeah. yes. Uh, trying to. Never gave up on it. He believed in it. Nash and Scott Hall sent some footage from WCW Saturday night as they assaulted Sting. They brought a camera crew with them to film them beating up poor Steve Borden, just putting his shit in his rental car. He's, you know, he's walking out with Luger. Luger gets a phone call, emergency call. Hey, you got Which was it. a tip-off that, oh, Luger's with the NWO, I think. They were planting some seeds there. You got to take it right now. So Luger leaves. They didn't have cell phones in 19... 19- no, these, no. These poor wrestlers in 1996 didn't have the giant cell phone. The brick phones that people had in the 80s. And so... Luger bails on his best friend, knowing that the gang warfare has started. Right. And the outsiders attack Sting and slam the uh, the trunk door on top of him, and it's just, it was brutal. I thought they were going to stuff him in the trunk. I really was expecting them to. But they didn't. That would have been great. They hurt him so bad, Patrick, that he's absolutely fine and he'll be here tonight. Exactly. So, the point of this was nothing. The first bout is Mike Enos, who was also in the ring when the NWO and Scott Hall came through the crowd. So this is a theme for him. And I'm pretty sure he's one of the early uh, early numbers on Goldberg's list. Yes, well, he was a number on a been, lot of people's lists. He might have been number two or three, actually. Blake Beverly, which we saw at Survivor Series 91 of the Beverly Brothers here, Mike Enos. Oh, really? Yeah. The I guy, did not know that. The Beverly brother with the mustache. I did That's not know that. Mike really? Enos, yeah. And he's going to take on, oh boy. Oh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. America. America is here to beat up Mike Enos. Ho! Enos jumps him at the bell, but Hacksaw quickly clotheslines him to the outside. Hacksaw does what he does best. No sells everything that Enos throws at him. Hits an atomic drop and then charges at Enos and lands outside the ring where Mike Enos gives Jim Duggan the world's most gentlest slam on concrete. Oh, he, yeah. He, like, slowly moved. He was like, okay, I'm going to now gently place you yeah. upon this concrete. Yeah, it was... I know three-year-olds that can body slam better than that. And rolls Hacksaw back in the ring. There are four empty front row seats where they take the hard camera shot, and it's very distracting because there are no guardrails. So we get to see what these people do the entire night. The, like I said, the number four is very important. Hacksaw pulls Enos down to roll him up, and he pulls his tights down and shows us Mike Enos's butt. Yes. It's uh, 
Hacksaw, very heelish in this match. Tony thinks the empty seats are for the NWO because they're allowed to buy tickets. We didn't just put up a poster that said, hey, if you see, I don't know, giants coming to buy tickets, don't let them do that. Yeah. But apparently they can do that. They can buy tickets. Well, it's it's Disney MGM. It's not even their property. So no. anybody can just get in there. Pay your ticket to get in the gate, and then you can do whatever you want to do. Sort of. A vendor walks in the shot as Tony is talking about the four chairs and just starts selling soda pop. I love that. It almost seemed planted because we were focusing on the four chairs, and then yeah, he's just coming in selling some shit, and selling some merch. <laughs> Bischoff's like there, back there, going and go. Yeah. So hacksaw then takes tape out of his tights and blatantly strikes Enos in the face with it in front of the ref, Patrick. I'm very disappointed here. Hey, listen, it's legal. Not a roll of tape. He t- he wrapped it around his fist and hit him. I think he hit him with the, the round part. No, he didn't. I'm pretty sure. He didn't. Of course, you would defend Hacksaw. He, he wrapped it around his fist. And, who just got and, out of ICU this week. Oh, that's good. I hadn't heard that news. Yeah, he made it out. He, okay, awesome. That's good. So That's really good. No, I mean, you know, wrestlers come out. Triple H is the world's worst, coming out with tape fists. So, I mean, what's the difference in taping it up before the match or taping it up during the match? That's all uh, I'm saying. Larry got very pissed off about the use of this tape and rightly calls out Hacksaw for it. Larry used tape when he wrestled, so I don't understand it. This was the Pet Boys Power Pin of the Week, which we have a connection to Pet Boys because the auto parts warehouse that we used to work at now is under the ownership of Pet Boys, yes. that chain of auto parts. So yes. that's our tie-in here to 1996 Replay sponsors. Mean Gene decides to interview Hacksaw for what reason, I don't know. He says, what do you think of the New World Order? And then Hacksaw goes into a promo, says, what have you done to us, Hulk? Why'd you turn your back on everything you loved? You've been to my home. The first word Hacksaw Jim Duggan's kid ever said was Hulkster, which is weird. Hold on a sec, folks. Hold on a second. You know, everybody's just wondering, Hulk, what have you done? What have you done to us? Not just your friends, not just your family, not just your countrymen, but his fans, Gene. The young kids that really looked up to you, that really believed in your Hulkster. I've been with you for almost 20 years. I've gone to the Make-A-Wish Foundation with you. I've been to the Special Olympics. I know what's in your heart. So what's wrong with you, Hulk? Why turn your back on everything that you used to love? Why turn your back on everything that loved you? I don't understand. I had you over to my home. Jeannie's held my two little girls in his arms. The first word my oldest spoke was Hulkster. I've got to look her in the eye and tell her what kind of man you are. Hulkster, you're a great technical wrestler, but I don't want to wrestle you. I want to beat you up. All right, I thank you, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. I'm not certain we can use the analogy, but it might be appropriate. You take a good apple, you put it into a basket of bad apples, and well, enough said. Stay tuned as WCW Monday Nitro continues here on TNT. That's horrible. <laughs> like, I hope he's lying about that. <laughs> I'm sure he is. Because if he's not, that we, oh my God. And then he says the most egregious thing ever uttered on a wrestling program. Hogan, you're a great technical wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
No. So I think the Hulkster line for his kid was a lie, too, if he's willing to call Hogan a great technical wrestler. But he doesn't want to wrestle Hulk. He wants to beat him up. This is a fight. He would never get this match. No. So never. this was pointless. Here in two more years, he'll be cleaning toilets in a... He, he'll find the TV title in a garbage bin. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. That was Hacksaw Jim Duggan's career. They, they never really knew what to do with him. Well, there's not much to do with him because he just no-sells and he says ho. He could have been the godfather. That's true. Different kind of hoe. That's true. Janitor was probably... <laughs> uh, I mean, what what do you do with him, exactly? Well, I mean, you could he's a big guy. He's big. He's a big man. You could have done, like, a football player gimmick. But Hell, that's he what he did. Been, he could have been Mongo, and we wouldn't have had to div, deal with if Mongo. If you put Hacksaw Jim Duggan in the Four Horsemen right now, <laughs> that's... Okay. I can't believe. You're saying Mongo's better of a choice. In the Four Horsemen, Yes. Wow. Based on character wow. alone. Hacksaw Jim Duggan is not refined. There's nothing about him that... He at least somewhat got through this Could interview. you imagine when Ric Flair came back in 1998 and Hacksaw is in the ring in a suit? Can you imagine that? Can you picture that? Yeah, I can't. No. But Mongo shouldn't have been there either. Mongo looked good in a suit. Mongo was the worst Four Horsemen member ever. I think Paul Roma has something to say about that. That's... Maybe. Maybe. And Lex Luger? Well, hell, I'm at least trying to give Luger credit here. we got to see him later on. Later on, I mean next. Mean Gene says you take a good apple and put it near a bunch of bad apples and... It rots it. If you just hang out with the NWO, Patrick, you will turn into a bad guy. Yeah. Everyone knows that. Last everybody week... Everybody just rubs off onto everybody. Ew. <laughs> I don't know what kind of places you're going... Last week on Nitro, Arn Anderson couldn't find Ric Flair. No. Uh, scary. Rick wasn't there. He says he had travel issues, but did he really? Yeah. Who's the fourth man? That's right. I As they would remind us over and over again later on, we get a WCW Saturday Night preview. The Giant will battle Nasty Boy Knobs. Chris Benoit will take on Macho Man, which might be a good match. And then Chavo Guerrero gets to work Ric Flair on WCW Saturday night, so enjoy hey, that's that. the biggest match of Chavo's career. Out comes the horseman, minus Arn. He's getting ready for his world title match later Yeah, tonight. man. We got Flair, Benoit, and Mongo. With Deborah, Liz, and Woman. What a creative name. As the four horsemen come out, who's holding up the four fingers? Deborah McMichael is the one holding up the four horsemen sign as they come out. And then my favorite theme song, The Man Called Sting, the theme song which 2K19 did not include yet again. I'm surprised they didn't dub over it here. I know. If they pay for it on the network, I don't know why they... Just put it on the fucking game. It's an amazing song. He does this. He does you, that. I know you like Steiner line. I, we had a lot of great theme songs tonight. And the premiere of the NWO's theme song still to right. come. That's right. Macho Man Sting and the Total Package. Yes, these are the losers from Bash at the Beach. The group that blew it for WCW. And we're just, what, how many weeks removed from Bash at the Beach? It was nine... I think it's three weeks removed. So three weeks... Okay, I was about to say two. Because I was like, it was the... Yeah, okay. Yeah, these losers. They're they're not unified tonight, though. They don't don't have their face paint on. Well, face paint makes makes you unified. It's true. Yeah. 
I'm wearing it right now. People just don't realize it. It's not on your face. Yeah. They start brawling before the bell rings. Sting does some corner punches to Flair. The wrestlers keep running into the cameramen who won't get the fuck out of the way. The bell never rang. I wanted, I really, really wanted someone to go Shawn Michaels on a cameraman and just beat the shit out of him. Now these these guys were making too much money to, to mess that up. It'd been great. As we go to break before the bell rings, Glacier coming soon. Sorry, not until September. And these promos started running in April of '96. Yes. So, Ray Lloyd was just sitting around waiting for all these months with his $35,000 entrance and ring gear to do the Glacier thing. To premiere against The Gambler on WCW Pro. Who the fuck was The Gambler? The Gambler is from Chattanooga, Patrick. And he has his own Wikipedia page now. I don't know who made it, but The Gambler. Really? Who is The Gambler? Now I'm interested. Uh, I forgot his... Something Gan. I went to school with his daughter. And I didn't ever meet the gambler, but I always wanted to. And when I, I never saw him on TV, people always said, oh, her dad's a wrestler in WCW. And I was like, no, he's not. I've never heard of the gambler. <laughs> but I finally saw him. And this, the one time I saw him is when he faced Glacier in Glacier's debut match and got squashed in two minutes. But the gambler, he would come out, he would show you a hand of cards, and then he would just walk into the ring. He would show the camera some cards. Yeah, yeah he wasn't, wasn't Kenny. Kenny Rogers. He didn't have a Kenny Rogers gimmick. He was more of like a riverboat gambler. So he just. It's kind of the same thing, is it not? No, Kenny Rogers was like a Western gambler. You got no one to hold him. No one to fold him. That's right. And no one to walk away. Pro wrestler, holy crap. You just type in the gambler and halfway through it says pro wrestler, the gambler. <laughs> All right, so who is this dude? Jeff Gann. Jeffrey Gann. Jeffrey That's Gann. his name, Jeff Gann. And so... From Chattanooga. To- Jeffrey Gann. Are you still alive, sir? Yeah, he's alive. Well, his really? Wikipedia page says he is. Build from Biloxi, Mississippi. Yeah, he was a riverboat. Steamboat gambler. Trained at the power plant. You can tell when you see him wrestle. <laughs> Retired in August 31st, 1999. Yeah, he had a good run. Oh, man. From 90 to 99. Yeah, so people always told me, oh, that's, yeah, her dad's a wrestler. And I finally saw it. And Why have I never seen this man? Because he's a jobber. I'm he just shows at, up. I'm looking at pictures of him, and I'm like, dude, I don't know you. I think if you're on the site that I'm thinking of, they have a lot of WCW jobbers from this era, and it's a pretty great. It's pretty great to go through and see some. No, of I'm the, just on regular Google. Like it just you oh, scroll okay. through, and it's just showing him pictures of him, <laughs> and I'm like, who the hell is this dude? Well, I'm glad today you discovered the gambler, Chattanooga's own, making I, us proud. I want to find Jeffrey Gann. I really. You want to talk to the I gambler? Want to talk you to want the to gambler. show your hand? Yes. Sorry, they could have used him in the Aces and Eight gimmick. Oh, that'd been great. So we come back from break, and the match officially begins between the Horsemen and the Losers. Benoit starts with Sting and gets back body dropped and clotheslined. Nate comes in against Sting, and Flair gets flung out of the ring, and Macho Man slams him into the catering table, which th- this was Rick's personal catering table. He would show up on Nitros. Him and the Horsemen would always have this table with candles. Well, and this is when they were... It was Macho Man's money that Flair had gotten. Because Liz had left him. Liz took his money. Liz ran to Flair. So Flair not only has his money, but he has has Savage's money also because Liz stole it from him. 
Right. And so he's just blowing it on like catering tables, catering food, like long limousines. He just he's blowing the shit. And Savage is pissed. Savage is like, I want my money back. I would too, but that's just my personal opinion. So naturally, you settle it in a wrestling ring. Exactly. That everything in life settles out in a wrestling ring. Sting press slams Flair when they get back in the ring. Macho gets a tag and points towards Liz, who Flair gets out of the ring and goes and kisses in front of Macho Man. Oh, oh don't kiss my ex-wife, brother. Oh, man. Dude, even do you know how pissed off I would have been even if that was my ex? It must it, even though he got Liz hired in WCW, it must have been awkward to that, work exactly. together. And for the fact that even knowing that that was lit, like that was my ex-wife, and I'm looking across the ring watching that, I would have lost my shit. Yeah, how dare you move on from me in front well, of me? Well, no, it's just not. It's not just that. It's, I mean, well, it could have been a lot worse. If this was the Attitude Era, who knows what Ric Flair would be doing to her in front of him. <laughs> Or if it was the plane ride home. I mean, it's sort of what they had Terry Runnels doing with Brian Pillman in front of Gold Dust. They would have those that's true. bed vignettes and stuff. That's true. While they were still married. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Macho hits corner punches to Flair. Flair walks towards the back and tries to hide behind the bleachers in this open-air Disney World. He was I, just going to bril- try and hide idea. in the shadows. Brilliant idea. This white-haired... Man is just going to stand in the shadows. You know what he was doing, right? What, farting? I don't know. What was he doing? He was letting them know to start the stuff backstage. We've gone as far as we can go, start the stuff backstage. Oh, He was giving cues like, hey, we're good. Go go send Hall and Ash and them. He was communicating with a ringside person. Just, I mean, little inside tip there. So Macho catches up to him and brings him back to the ring. Mongo wants Luger, so they come into the ring. Luger shoves him out of the ring. Thanks, Mongo. Sting and Luger will meet the Outsiders at Road Wild. I imagine things will go great for him there. They'll meet him sooner than that. Luger no-sells some flare chops, poses, and then Gorilla slams flare. Luger vertical suplexes flare for a near fall. Benoit comes in and puts the boots to Luger. Sting and Flair return to the match. Sting bites Flair's face and drop kicks him. He superplexes Flair for a near fall. He tries a sunset flip on Flair, but Mongo gets a tag. Benoit comes in immediately, hits a belly to back on Sting. Then Flair comes back in. Sting and Flair trade strikes and near fall attempts. Flair puts Sting in the figure four. This is sounding very familiar. Sting then no-sells some paintbrushing from Flair, and they roll into the ropes. Benoit tags in, stomps Sting's leg. Benoit puts the lion tamer on Sting for a second. This was awesome. So, yeah, Steve Borden here uh, sells the lion tamer. I'm surprised he's limber enough to do that, especially after the vicious beating he took from the NWO. Well, that, and also he the the height size is remarkably big. So He's a tall man. He's a very tall man. Jimmy Hart then comes running to the cameraman and begs the cameraman to send someone. The Outsiders. The outsiders are back there. Send someone immediately. Please, please. Well, you said a lot more calmly than Jimmy Hart and his Mickey Mouse voice. Please, guys. <laughs> please, hurry. So Tony asks the director, Craig Leathers, are you going to send someone? And I, If I was the director right then, I would be throwing shit at the wall. Like, Tony, you don't fucking tell me what to do. Yeah. I'll get a guy out there when I can. Yeah. So a cameraman leaves while the match continues. Jimmy Hart gets on the apron, and now he's screaming and trying to get the wrestler's attention. 
Luger, of all people, finally sees him, and Sting, they get together and say, you know what, we should go check this out. This they is leave. Sh- stupid faces here. They leave. They shouldn't trust Jimmy Hart, though. But you know the craziest thing about it? Instead of taking the count out, the horsemen leave, too. That's right, they all leave. Arn Anderson is laid out on the ground. His left arm is is quite possibly broken. And Marcus Bagwell has been taken out. His knee is just blown completely. There's nothing left. And Scotty Riggs. He stands up. He walks out of the production truck, runs down. What, what's, what happened? What happened? And he gets a production light smashed over the side of his head. And that thing, it almost was as good as Shane's head smacking concrete at King of the Ring. Well, but it was all forgotten by the next spot when Rey Mysterio sees the Outsiders, leaps into Nash's awaiting arms, yes, and then gets thrown like a dart into the production trailer. Yes. And then the Outsiders just get in a limo, and Macho Man chases after them. Hops on to the limo. Through the sunroof. Through the sunroof. Is holding on as the limo just speeds away. And we never get an update the rest yeah. of the night. What happened with Macho Man? Seven. Even next week, I was pissed. I remember watching this as a kid thinking, well, what happened with Macho Man yeah. when he left? Because they filmed for like a month here. Yeah, yeah, this was not... Because there was even one time they are like standing up there with the WCW. Yeah, well, uh, I think that might have been the night after Bash at the Beach when they put... They spray painted NWO on like sacks and threw it over like the WCW letters. And yeah. Hogan, Hogan was sitting up there or whatever. From memory, I'm always like, oh, the NWO took out like the whole locker room. They took out four people. They took out pretty much the whole locker room. No, the rest of the locker room then shows up to help out these four all, downed all, competitors. All six of them. The American males, Arn and Ray. That was it. Four people. Yeah, but I mean, not very impressive by. They had baseball bats. They did. They had Easton metal baseball bats. They did. Not the wooden ones. No. They're not pussies. They're no. going to use the metal ones. Which, somehow later on in all the commotion, Sting somehow finds. Why well, didn't they, they take threw, their... They threw it on the ground. Why didn't they take their baseball bats with them? Because that's not what thugs Imagine do. if Macho Man had grabbed that baseball bat. Oh, dude, if he grabbed it and smashed the side of the limo as it was pulling off, that would have been great. Yeah, so that was stupid. Don't if I go and kill someone, I'm not just gonna leave my gun right next to Well, I hope you're not gonna kill anyone. <laughs> and that's that. I won't be needing this again. Don't uh, I'll surely leave some weapons here. Now I won't shoot anybody, but if I go hit someone with a baseball bat, I won't be like, you know, I'll just leave this here for you. <laughs> so when you regain consciousness, you can come find me. Come find me with it. So then the aftermath begins, and this is when the show comes to a screeching halt. A screeching halt. To the point that the crowd out there is starting to chant boring. Yeah. Which, like I said. You get what you pay for. At the start, this was brilliant. Because afterwards they're scrambling to throw matches together Oh, they had a whole standby card. And Isn't that standard procedure? You go, you bring a card, and then you bring standby wrestlers. It's a shitty, it's a shitty fucking show. This standby card is terrible. It's just horrible, and it pisses the fans off at home because they were promised to see certain things they're not going to get to see. 
fans at the show were promised to see things they're not going to get to see. Bischoff was brilliant because it only fueled fire to the fact that I was looking forward to seeing this awesome show and the NWO just screwed me out of it. I'm pissed. I'm angry. You know, it was it was great play on on being able to have a heel concept work without even the heel being there because it pissed him off the rest of the night. The backstage commotion actually worked well in the moment because you might have thought this was real. People that were like channel surfing might stop and watch it because like it looked real. It looks chaotic in the in the back. And the sound alone actually had police. The police department in Orlando was called because they thought a gang fight had broke out at the MGM Disney Studios. Someone assaulted Scotty Riggs. No, ma'am, that's okay. We allow that here. Yeah. Scotty's okay. Buff? No, it can't be Buff. Ray? Hell no. So, the first part of this commotion in the back when all the wrestlers stumble upon it, at first it has no commentary, which I thought was good. It added to the realism of yeah. it. Yeah. Because they wouldn't really know what to say. Right. Ray screams in pain with his mask on. Perhaps they could take that off. You know, he was just thrown head first. Maybe... I'm no medical professional. They do later. Yeah, but at first they, they let him just lay there in his mask. They Heritage take, or not, I'm concussed. I need some help Well, here. they didn't take Bagwell's jeans off. <laughs> I'm glad, what, what? His knees shattered. But they don't, they, well, that's true. They should cut his tights around the injured area. They didn't do that. Well, he didn't have enough money to Arn buy new was tights. A, Arn was a smart one. He's like, it's my fucking arm. <laughs> like he's... Arm Anderson. Yeah, don't don't ruin my don't ruin my entire it's my arm. So Tony overhears that someone said there was four men because as Ray is being put in a neck brace with his mask on, by the way, Eddie Guerrero and Das Vunderkid, Alex Wright, they're the two people there to check on him. Yeah, and and I'm not I'm, my Spanish isn't very good, but I believe I even heard Ray saying four. Cuatro. There was cuatro. Quattro men. Quattro. They finally take the mask off Ray, who is so injured, Patrick, he can still cover his face to protect it from the cameras. This is terrible. So Ray gets loaded into the first ambulance, and then Alex Wright hops in the ambulance with him, and I would be like, get the fuck out of here. He's wanting to make sure his friend's okay. Maybe he's with the NWO, and he's just waiting to ride to the hospital and beat him up some more. Yeah. Hijack the ambulance. You know who should really get an Emmy for this sales job? It's woman. Because, oh my God, they turn the camera to her next, and she is holding on to Arn Anderson's head, screaming, get him help, he needs help, he's hurt, he needs help. Like She said he needs help like 500 But times. she would run out of energy. They would all run out of energy in the back with what to do. Tony says, while the camera's looking at Scotty Riggs, that Riggs, Riggs and Ray won't be able to compete tonight. Well, no shit, Tony. Yeah. Thanks. Duds. Okay. Ming then starts shoving with Benoit in the back. They're, now they're fighting amongst themselves, even though no members of the Dungeon of Doom were taken out. So why is Ming upset with Chris Benoit in the back? Well, this was a shoot, I think. Well, they uh, think... So now we go back to Tony and Larry, who once again tells us there was a fourth man which we have no proof of, Eric Bischoff and Bobby Heenan. We didn't even see the third man. Hogan was not with the Outsiders tonight. So fourth man, how about your third man? Didn't even have him. Well, I'm sure Hogan was in the limo. Oh, of course. Guys, He was driving the limo. 
Hogan doesn't drive a limo. He has people drive him around. So Eric Bischoff and Bobby Heenan then join Tony and Larry for the second hour. The greatest moment of this entire show is about to happen. Yes, Bobby says he can't do the broadcast unless he's guaranteed security. And when Bischoff says, I can't do that, Bobby goes, I have a history of neck problems. I have a bad neck. I am not going to stay out here and possibly be hurt or crippled because of this. And leaves. He fucking leaves, which is awesome. Because, like you said, I don't know if this was a shoot or not, but it was great acting. I kind of wish that he didn't tell Bischoff this in advance and just they played it on the fly and Bobby Heenan just wanted the night off and, yeah. and just sprung it on Bischoff on camera. On camera. You can't. What the fuck can you do? Yeah. Right. Bobby, just hang with hang with. All right, we're, we're, we're back and this is the point where we usually send to the second hour. Eric is out here and Bobby Heenan. Here we are. Tony, I'll I tell you what. You saw what you saw. We saw it from back here, and it's it's yeah, scary. Stop right now. Let me get something straight here right now, Eric. I, I'm not going to do a, a wrestling interview. I'm talking to you man-to-man, face-to-face. I have a history of neck injuries. You know that. You can get a shot of this. I have nerve damage in my hand. Eric, the job isn't worth it to me to be out here. They almost broke your back a couple weeks ago. You saw what just happened out back. There's bodies all over the place. I'm not going to do the broadcast tonight unless somebody can guarantee me security. Somebody can guarantee me that my, I physically won't be hurt. Can you do that? Bobby, I can't guarantee you anything right now. You do what you feel you have to do. Well, I have to walk away from this. My health and my well-being, I'm not going to be crippled and paralyzed for the rest of my life. Look, because I'm not going to argue with you here. I'm not going to argue with you, Bobby. You do what you have to do. Guys, I'm going to need a little help here if you don't mind. But I think this was planned out. But even then, it was great. What a great night of work for Bobby Heenan. He Walks gets to out. say... Act scared. A few sentences and leave. Leave. Go go see the rest of Disney World. Other, literally, other than Ray getting lawn darted, that was the best spot of the entire show. Yeah, it's all downhill from here, unfortunately. Arn is finally put on a stretcher about 20 minutes after these. These are the slowest EMTs in the history of the world. Typically, you want to get a true. You want to get a patient to the hospital as soon as possible. Arn is the final one, right? Well. Or no, no uh, Bagwell is. Yeah, but they have to share an ambulance, so it takes. Arn and Bagwell. Yeah, it takes a really long time. Well, to I mean, put, four guys are injured. There's only three ambulances. You know, do the math. Somebody's. Gonna I thought they somebody. were cheap at first and were just reusing the same ambulance. Like would cut away <laughs> after. Oh, we loaded Ray up, get him out, and then just keep using that <laughs> same ambulance. Yeah, possibly. But you saw lights in each one of them pulling off, though. Yeah, there were there were at least a couple. I don't know if they had. But three, I got but... a problem with why the hell did they not put the American males together? <laughs> why did Arn Anderson have to ride with Buff Bagwell? So you're worried about poor Scotty Riggs waking up and reaching over to, yeah. to grab his exactly. friend, Marcus if, if Bagwell. If we are ever and... attacked by the NWO, I want to. You want to go to the hospital together? I That's want, so yeah. romantic. Thank that you. is really. That's that, really yeah. sweet to think the American males need to be together, even even through hard times. You yeah, know? yeah, even on the ride to the hospital. Yeah, yeah, it is true. They they split them up, so they're going to get to the hospital and be worried. Where's the other Where's one? Where's the other one? Is he okay? Is he still American? Is he still still male? <laughs> <laughs> what has happened? Well, I don't know. With them baseball bats, he might be singing a cappella. Eric Bischoff. 
just wants us to know there were four men as well. He really wants to get that across. There were four men. Spoiler, the fourth member was not revealed until August 26th, so a month later. Who do you remember being the fourth member of the NWO, Patrick? Six? No. You be the sixth. You gotta try. Uh, that's why he was oh, six. Oh, he was. That's right. <laughs> Son of a bitch. I thought it really was. So who? It was but, giant. No. Who was it? Yeah. Was it Ted? Really? I thought Ted was number so five. So we're supposed to believe at the end of August that Ted DiBiase was slugging people with an Eastman baseball bat. No, but money talks. He's paying people. The only thing I remember of Ted DiBiase's entire. NWO run. Well, his commentary on that NWO pay-per-view sold out, which was pretty bad. Him on commentary while they're doing the uh, NWO takeover show. Right. Nitro. Right. They took it. NWO Nitro. And then him sitting out there in the crowd. Yeah, and next week five. Yeah. That's that's all I remember. I thought he was number five, though. I didn't know he was number four. No, he's, he's number four. So what was Giant? Giant was five. Okay, so I had him swapped. Okay. Yeah. Giant, distraught over losing his belt, decided, you know what, I'll just join the yeah. NWO. Naturally. I mean, I get distraught over that too sometimes. I love my belt. The American males were supposed to be the next match. Luckily, Bischoff has standby matches ready to go. Guess who it is. <laughs> well, we'll see. You know who this sucks for? The live crowd, because they have no Titantron. They have no monitor. That's why they were chanting, boring. Yeah, well... I just said you get what you pay for. It's a fucking free show. Like, yeah. what? Just get up and leave. It's true. You're at the most magical place on earth, Disney World. You know, I got a question. They were at Disney World, and it just happened to be a month long right after Bash at the Beach. Did that just work out that way, or was it we're afraid we might get too much heat in arenas. We need to keep it at a smaller, confined crowd. I- I'm trying to figure out what their premise of even going there was. It was budgetary. It was to save money. They were money. only there a month. They were there four shows. <laughs> yeah, I don't really... I mean, that's a legitimate question. Brenton, you're a great, you're a great wrestling mind. Uh... A historian of some sorts. What would you consider as to why? I'm cu- I'm serious. I want to. I'm curious as to. They were still operating in the red, so probably a month there during peak time of year where they would have a lot of people coming and going. Okay, well that makes sense then, because but I would have thought they were out of the red by now because this was '96 and when they got Hogan in '95, they didn't start turning a profit until like late '97. '98 was the only year they made money. Really? Yeah, they only had one thought profitable I thought year. 90... I think they were shooting main event in an actual enclosed building there, so they probably, as part of their agreement, they probably had to bring the live show there, and these were just... They were already in Daytona for Bash at the Beach. So, so it was like, fuck it, we'll just do a month We'll go across town. And... Hogan can drive to work is basically, I think, the reason, because he can drive over from See, Tampa. now that's the shoot interview he needed to cut. Is like I'm making them work shows here because I don't I don't have to fly I can just drive. Do you know why you're here? Because I live here. Yeah. That's why we're having a show here. Yeah. The crowd gets uneasy and chants boring. Arn is finally pushed to the ambulance. Sting has found the baseball bat, and he would get an idea when he grabbed this baseball bat that said, "You know what? I really like the movie The Crow. 
this is will be my weapon of choice. That's true. Although I will only use a black nondescript bat. It, you can't tell if it's metal or wood or foam. I will use a black bat. <laughs> well, it was foam most of the time. Whack, whack. Really? Sting. Yeah, he's not. He wasn't smacking him that hard. He was pulling it. He was smacking him. I, I can smack. What, what would look better on TV if I hit you as hard as I can with a foam bat and nothing happens, or if I pull a real bat But it shot. didn't bend. A foam bat would bend. I, I'm sure it was like. <laughs> Our pieces would break off. I'm sure it had like a toilet paper roll in it or something to give it some stability. A <laughs> toilet paper roll but stability? <laughs> yeah. Come on, dude. I'm engineering props, okay? As hard as he's swinging that thing, I would think it would be... Well, he rarely s- ever had to really make it connect anyway. It was mainly just to point with. True. Now, those I can absolutely see as real bats, but... I, I w- he should have used an animal, the bat. Just... Okay. That died to death. <laughs> okay. Uh, and go. So Sting pushes Marcus Bagwell to the ambulance. That's nice of Sting to do, even though there's EMTs just sitting around watching. Arn is in the ambulance, so we have to just watch him stand there because Arn's taking up the ambulance, so we just stand around until we can move him to the side and put Buff Bagwell in there, too. So. Uh, like I said, why did the American males not ride together? That's all I'm saying. Finally, they make some room for him, and then Flair and Sting hop in the ambulance with them. They're these two enemies. They're going are unified because Sting is good friends with Marcus Bagwell. So you wouldn't know that from TV. Bischoff had to tell us that you know and, behind and the obviously, scenes. Obviously, Flair and Arn Anderson—that's yeah. a given. But look at this now. Fireworks go off as we go to break for some reason, and we come back and are gifted the gift of high voltage. Yes. As Kenny Chaos and Robbie Rage come to the ring, making their Nitro debut. Kenny Chaos. Yeah, Kenny Chaos. He's the blonde, right? Yeah, he's the blonde. He was about to lose about six inches off of his body here later on and a few minutes later. Oh, the guy that took the screwdriver was Robbie Rage. Oh, that was Robbie Rage. Okay. Yeah, Robbie Rage took the Steiner (sighs) screwdriver. God, that was brutal, man. Big pyro for the Steiner brothers, and they come out to face high voltage. Rick, at least, seems distracted by the attacks earlier. He can't focus. No, he keeps looking back. He's he's worried. Scott, on the other hand, shades a big pop a pump a few years later, doesn't care. Hey, stay focused. Yeah, we got a we got work to do. Yeah. So Rick Steiner stays on the floor. Doesn't even want to get on the apron to tag with his brother. Instead, he stays on the floor, and finally Scott's like, "Get your ass up here." And he gets on the apron, but he kneels. Like, he's, like, on the lookout. He's watching. Making sure he doesn't get jumped. Scott just wrestles the match as usual. He finally tags in Rick, who gets beaten up by Chaos. Rage and Chaos double dropkick Rick, double suplex him. Then Rage shoulder tackles Rick, flying off the top turnbuckle. Then Chaos tries to dive off the top turnbuckle, but Rick tries to slam him. They kind of botch it. It doesn't look that great. Then Scott comes in, hits a double underhook suplex to Rage. Then Rick beats him up for a second before tagging in Scott, who destroys Rage, takes an inch off his scalp with the Steiner screwdriver, which is a vertical suplex turned into a tombstone pile driver. And in the WWF, he would use this move, and usually their heads would bounce off Scott's legs. But tonight, he impaled impaled Robbie Rage into the mat. Yes. He impelled him, literally. 
Of all people you want hitting it on you, Scott Steiner. Is the most unbelievably disturbing thing I've ever seen in my life. I wouldn't go that far. It's a pretty scary looking move. For wrestling moves? Oh, it's definitely a... It's a vertical suplex. He holds you in midair and then literally pile drives you. Rage and chaos of high voltage. Oh! What a beautiful variation of a pile driver and and that's three. And here are your winners as the crowd reacts. Tombstone, you know, Tombstone-like, sits down just like Owen did to Austin and damn near breaks everybody's neck. Yeah, there's a compilation clip of the Steiner screwdriver on YouTube, and Robbie Rage appears twice. He took this move twice in his career. Good Lord. I am so glad that hopefully Scott doesn't do this anymore. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think his arms could lift a guy up to do this. He couldn't straighten them out enough to be able to. Oh, okay, so high voltage. <laughs> loses yeah. the match. They do. One of them loses a couple of inches off of his body. Rage uh, needs the ambulance more than the guys in the back do, and all the ambulances that, that are gone. That is very true. That is very true. But we're... Uh, so... High we vo- look backstage as the ambulance pulls away. High voltage. Yes. From the power plant. You from get the it? power plant. You see, they're high, they're gen- they were generated from the power plant. The power plant generates high voltage. <laughs> Book it. <laughs> if they did a WCW one night stand in around 2005, these guys would be prime candidates to be. Oh, fuck. They still show. need to do one. I don't think uh, Robbie Rage and Kenny Chaos are in ring shape anymore, but. Where, what are they up to? I saw an interview Robbie Rage did from 2009. He is a bodyguard. No, he was a he was a personal trainer. He's a personal trainer. Yeah. Well, he can. He got both of well, high voltage guys got that from hard work. Their bodies. They bull fucking shit. <laughs> Between them and Scott in this match, the body mass of all these guys. When I first saw them, I thought they look a lot like the Steiner brothers. They want to be the Steiner brothers. I was worried about the size of. Arn Anderson, who is a pretty big man, and the Giant in the ring together later on tonight, but High Voltage and Rick Steiner alone, or Scott Steiner alone, I was afraid the damn ring was going to collapse. They were massive. Holy shit. The High Voltage guys looked super inflated, too, because I think they're a little shorter than Scott, so it's even more noticeable that they just ballooned. It just went out. Like, if you're tall, you have somewhere for it. It just went out on them. These guys are like five foot three or some shit, and it just went out. And you're going, what the? I swear to you, I could have laid sideways and still not been as large as some of these guys' chests. Yeah. The moon was out in Orlando that night, but they couldn't see it because... Kenny Chaos was blocking it with exactly, his mask. Exactly. It's fucking huge. We come back from break and Bischoff says, we've had a heck of a broadcast tonight. Yeah. You had uh, the gang warfare. You, you've been invaded. A heck of a broadcast. It's huge. Now it's supposed to be Eddie and Ray for the cruiserweight title, but oh, we've got a better replacement, Patrick. We've got Eddie taking on Big Bubba. The boss man. Boss man versus Eddie Guerrero. Yes. I, I'm intrigued. Well, your intrigue would quickly dissipate. As this how, match would be shit. 
Yes. The wrestlers enter the ring. We get a commercial break. Remember how over Boss Man was at Survivor Series 91 that yeah, we covered that, last that week? Now. Yeah, that's yeah. gone. Yeah. Uh, Big Bubba in his pleather pants and his cut-off shirt. Take all the things great about the character of Big Boss Man. Just take that all away. Yeah. And just send him out there. He's out with uh, Jimmy Hart, who is... He was distraught earlier. Now he's fine. He can go back to being a manager again. I don't get it, but sure. Okay. Yeah, well, Big Bubba in the Dungeon of Doom or doesn't make a lot of sense that Big Bubba Rogers is in the Dungeon of Doom. Eddie knocks Bubba out of the ring, wants to fly, but Bubba wouldn't turn around to see him jump off the thing to catch him, so Eddie just hops down. Yep. So the one spot of the match, can't do it. Yeah. Eddie slips out of a snake eyes attempt and shoves Bubba into the post and hits a back suplex. Bubba beats Eddie back to his feet from this and punches him in the face. Bubba was not going to sell anything for Eddie tonight. Nope. Bubba then eats a drop kick, no sells it, and clotheslines Eddie. Eddie chants from the crowd as the crowd found something other than boring to chant. Eddie just spends the rest of the match selling for Bubba. Bubba hits a bear hug slam to Eddie for a near fall. Eddie tries a running crossbody but gets slammed again. Eddie finally hits a DDT to Bubba off the top turnbuckle. Jimmy Hart distracts the ref so Bubba gets the megaphone. But Eddie just rolls him up with a sunset flip. One, two, three. What a hot finish. Jimmy Hart throws, as he's distracting the ref, throws the megaphone to Big Bubba. (laughs) Yes. Big Bubba, as it's right between his feet, literally bend down and pick it up as it's right between his feet, would rather stumble around with it up Butterfingers (laughs) and scoots it over to where he is bent over to hit to just take the sunset flip. One, two, three. Those megaphones can be slippery. Really? Can they now? Yeah. Well, I'm sure it was sweaty from Jimmy Hart being so nervous earlier about the NWO. So. What did he do? Wipe it under his ass or something? <laughs> Shit, how's it sweaty? Yeah, he wiped his taint with it. <laughs> I mean... That's his pose in 2K19. Is he in the game still? No, he's they not. I wish out. he was. Bubba and Jimmy argue after the match, so we've got some dissension between Jimmy Hart and one of his clients. The black and white NWO promo plays next. and Please cut it in here. I'm, oh, yeah. I want to, yeah. This is legendary. Well, yeah, in one of these WWE documentaries, Bischoff talks about it. Hogan just wanted to do a Hulk Hogan, pro- you know, well, you know something, brother. And so they had to do it multiple, multiple times. So it's spliced together in this really weird way. And that would become the standard for their promos. Yeah. To be spliced together and words cut in well, the middle. Well, even then, as they're sitting there, what was great about it, as they're sitting there bullshit talking, the camera was still rolling and would catch pieces. And so then they would add it in there, too. So it was so cutting edge that, you know, when the fuck did you see Hogan laugh? Like, with some guys, like, just random, hey, what's up, buddy? <laughs> like, they're... Nash's line about Luger, how much do you lift, bro, or whatever, yeah. was pretty funny. It was. I mean, for Nash humor. Hall didn't have much to say at all. He was too busy trying to, like, do his little walk next yeah. to Hogan. Like, yeah. he was perfecting that. The following announcement was paid for by the NWO. The following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. Yo, 
It's a tough job, but somebody's got to do it. People are wondering who's going to be next. Don't call us, we'll call you. Yeah, it's invitation only there, chicos. Well, you talk about the money. You talk about beating people up. Well, it's a new world order, and I hope it's okay, because there's nothing you can do about it. That's right. Power, fame, <laughs> money, and now our own corporations. You know, think about it. N-W-O. We're new. We're taking over world championship wrestling, and we're giving all the orders. It's the new way. Is that okay, Billionaire Ted? You don't like it? Come and fight. Is WCW even going to fight or are we just going to take it? We make the choices. Wait for the call. <laughs> you know, Billionaire Ted, with all of Ted's horses and all of Ted's men, you're not going to be able to put the WCW back together again. I see it like this. Everybody wants to know who is next. Look at the third man we deliver. Everybody wants to know who's gonna be four, who's gonna be five. Is it another outsider? Or is it somebody right in the CNN center? We don't need you, we don't want you, we'll take you when we want you. These WCW guys, this Sting and Lex, they got soft. They living in Billionaire Ted's Country Club. Take a look at us. We have to fight, scratch, and claw for everything we got. And boys, we want you. I think the whole world wants to know one thing about Lex Luger. Hey, Lex. Bloody offense! Bloody offense, Lex! <laughs> you guys know something. I almost forgot something that's really important. On August 10th, I'm wrestling the Giants. Oh. I forgot. It slipped my mind. I mean, the WCW heavyweight title is on the line. That means, gentlemen, in one given night, we get to beat up the best that the WCW has, gentlemen. I find it quite ironic that the WCW could be so weak to beg, to plead, to cry out to the giant that he's their last hope, that he's their only chance of surviving the wrath of the NWO. On August the 10th, hog wild, brother, on that night, the outsiders become the insiders, and with 500,000 Harley Davidson's by their side. The NWO will establish itself as the greatest wrestling organization on the earth, brother. You know, in Sturgis, me and the big man, we're gonna take care of a little grudge match. You know, Sting, you painted face punk, you've been whining and crying about how much you want us. You get your partner, you get Luger, you two punks, you get all pumped up, and chicos, you want us, don't sing it, Great. We call it Armageddon. The genesis has begun. It's a new beginning, the beginning of the new world order. And on one given night, 
as you two amigos destroy the top talent in the WCW. The giant shall crumble and fall at Hulk Hogan's feet. The preceding announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. Why, why did WCW accept their money? <laughs> did they not preview the ad? Was Turner it, executives just pop that tape in. Oh, well, they already paid for the ad. We have to play it. See, here's the thing. Yeah, we're in the red. We'll just take anybody's money. So Vince McMahon could send in a tape. Here you go. Here's 30 bucks. to Just play this. It, it would have been more believable. If Tony didn't reference it when they came back. No, if they do it right before going back. Make it like the last commercial. And if they did that every week, and you're like, that makes you wonder, is like, did they buy the TV time to actually, or are they just... They should have gone the extra step and only bought it in local markets, so it's only... Yeah. Only Atlanta saw it that week or something. Yeah, exactly, because then that makes you even wonder more, is like... No, these guys aren't fucking working for them. You know, it just in my eyes, it would have been. I think it would have been better had Tony not said when he and at first when they came back from break, he didn't mention it, but then he did. Well, they were great. Don't get me wrong, but he, when you mention it right after, if you didn't either a go to break, it happened before going to break, or it happened coming back off a of break. It should have just happened randomly in the middle just of matches. Random. How about that? Just that they random. just bought yeah. the TV time. I mean, that's what Hall did when he made his debut. He's just matches getting ready to go with Mike Enos. Yeah, we'll just cut this off. This uh, sucks. Fuck yeah. you. Yeah, we're. I got something to say. It could have played over the entire Eddie Guerrero match I just watched. So Well, that would have actually been awesome. You know what your main event is, though? Your main oh. event is great. Legendary. So in the NWO promo, just a few highlights. Well, they don't have their T-shirts printed yet, but they have their logo debut in this thing. They have their uh, they have the NWO music debut in this. So a very uh, important piece of marketing here. Well, the music alone would be used for. Well, even imagine if even the network today. didn't pay for that. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Uh, not oh, who who wrote the music? I'm curious now. <laughs> Production music five, track five. <laughs> I'm sure Eric Bischoff looked through some CDs and found Guitar Rock Four or something. I figured it was a Jimmy Hart. No, I. It would have had lyrics. If Jimmy Hart had done this, it would have been so stupid. That's true. The, the new world. <laughs> <laughs> but it was. It showed up in porn. <laughs> Just like the artist, theme. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I remember seeing the, or I heard the Chris Benoit WCW theme in like softcore porn. I'm That's pretty sure. First of all, how do you know? Does it say it showed up in porn? I think the link I was supposed to click in YouTube was going to take me to like oh a uh, very un okay gotcha. well not an adult like not a porn clip but I guess like from. I don't know. I didn't want to click it, though. <laughs> <laughs> Porn music connoisseur. <laughs> I just watched for the music. <laughs> Apparently, it was a take on a Jimi Hendrix song, which makes sense. Well, yeah, because Voodoo Child, I mean, that alone made... Right. Which I don't understand why fucking Vince does not buy the well, rights to that. Because it's expensive. It costs more than WCW probably did, so... Fuck them.
If he didn't make it, well, he doesn't want it. But I'm just saying, if they put Hogan back in the game, the whole purpose is, I mean, make it. You can it. play Shut Your Mouth, and it's in that game. It's the only game that it's in. Yeah. Hall says Sting and Lex live at Ted's Country Club. Nash wants to know what Lex benches. Hogan says, oh, I almost forgot. August 10th, yeah. Outsiders will become insiders, which I did, never got why he used that terminology. <laughs> <laughs> the music. <laughs> yeah, outsiders will become insiders. Ooh la la. And the NWO will establish itself as the greatest wrestling organization on the earth. And he said this with a straight face <laughs> to a camera. He said all this, and there you go. The greatest wrestling organization on the earth. Yeah. <laughs> Not even in the second best wrestling organization no. here. No. <laughs> we come back now to Tony and Larry and Eric, but Eric has gone. He left to go to the hospital, so he says... He's checking on Arn. That's what he claims. And Ray. Actually, he's checking on Ray, because Ray's his moneymaker. We would find out he's actually checking on Hogan, because he was... He's going to turn on him. Yeah, even though they powerbombed him through... The set of Great American Bash. They had foam and stuff underneath. It was an easy fall. It was all a set. It was all set up, yeah. yeah. So, guess guess who we're getting? At first, (laughs) at first they act like they don't see the NWO commercial, and then they stumble through recapping the NWO attack. Tony then finally acknowledges that an NWO commercial played, (laughs) and then they replay the attack all over again. So the thing you saw earlier, this you that made you look bad. Here, we're gonna show it to you once more. Here's us getting our asses kicked by these uninvited. Like a crime happened here. Yes. We're, we'll show and it to you. And if you don't play it, that's see, that's where they fucked up too, in my opinion. Is if you didn't play it again, it makes it more real. Because it's like we're not gonna tolerate showing that. They should have replayed it, but blurred out Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. Like they're <laughs> they're not part of. Learned their faces. Arn Anderson was supposed to wrestle for the title next, but a new challenger has emerged. A new number one contender. A number one contender. A spare number one contender. You just have those around. Well, this man can fill in for my number one contendership anytime. And that's why your company is going to go out of business. It's Greg the Hammer Valentine. It's Hammer Time on WCW Monday Nitro. Guess who he's going to nail? The Giant. Ew. (laughs) I hope not. <laughs> that would. That's what a hammer does. It nails things. So, wait, this well, sorry. I think it's used in a different way now. They take a break before the match starts. This is a title match somehow. Yes, the NWO did Greg the Hammer Valentine a favor. Yes. It could be Hammer and Hogan coming up at Hogwild. I would, I would buy that pay-per-view. Man, you are just not very wise with your money. I have some great Enron stock I'd like to sell As much money as I have, I can afford to blow it. Hammer tries to take Giant off his feet. It doesn't work. He climbs the buckle and gets choke slammed off the turnbuckle. Giant, the the fans want an encore in Disney World, so he picks him up, choke slams him again. One, two, three. And Disney... This is my favorite Greg the Hammer Valentine match of all time because I've never liked this guy he sucks, and this is a great showing for why him. Why do you not like? I'm serious. Why do you not because like? Because he Hammer? is he's old school wrestling. He's like Ric Flair with no talent, is what he is. He looks like Sam's Choice Ric Flair. <laughs> Sam's Choice. 
it, he's got the robe, he's got the white hair, but he's got even less of a physique. He does all the same shit Rick does, like falling flat on his face. He sells the same way. He uses the figure four, but that's it. You like, realize he was Vince's Ric Flair while Flair was down here working for the NWA. Well, and that was early '90s. That was early '90s or early '80s. I mean, early. Yeah, 80s. he was. He was working with rugged Ronnie Garvin in the WWF. You know, he was not. Yeah, Ronnie Garvin's the shit. Another Ric Flair imitation, like Ronnie Garvin. A little bit, yeah. How? Uh, white hair, not a lot of the hands of stone. Yeah, Ronnie hands Garvin. of stone. He's okay. He's better than Hammer. Oh yeah, I'll admit that. He was your. He was a former NWA champion. I know it's a travesty. I'd rather have David Arquette. Well, yeah, I would too. But this is... Magnus, <sighs> let's not stretch that too far. <laughs> Giant, Giant then says to the camera, "I want you to pay attention and then listen close." Then he doesn't say anything, and they show the replay. And I thought, is Giant trying to get like? meta on us like are we supposed to watch the replay is hogan supposed to see the replay and get something from this like oh you're gonna get choke slammed but no mean gene was gonna do an interview with the giant this mythical creature is now going to do andre's son is now going to do a promo here and well you know something mean gene yes he i was hanging and banging brother down at the beach when all of a sudden the tidal waves hit, and I was scared, brother, because out of nowhere became nothing but the giant. Yeah, he does a Hogan promo. It was pretty funny. Then laughs about it. Then he says, Hogan conned America. He says he's the champ, and WCW has to hang together, or they'll be hanged. Bad, bad. Well, especially when you incorporate Hogan into the mix. Here at the conclusion, as I talk to the man who's the WCW Heavyweight Champion of the World, he is the Giant, and in short order, on Saturday, August the 10th, at Hogwild, this man is going to be facing Hollywood Hulk Hogan and his new world order. Well, you know something, Mean Gene, I've been to the top of the mountain, brother. I've walked through the valley of the shadow of death. Wait a minute, have you lost your marbles, Giant? That's a knockoff on Hogan. <laughs> no, I just wanted to explain to you people at home how easy it is to fall into that con trap. Because, you know, that's exactly what Hulk Hogan did. He conned America. He told America what they wanted to hear. He made them believe in what they needed to believe in. The problem was is he didn't believe in it himself. He comes along now in WCW with his two piranhas. He started the NWO because he knew he could never be the big fish in WCW. Right here in WCW, I have beaten the finest athletes in the world. While you're making movies, I'm defending this title with every bit of honor in my body. You want your new world order? Your two piranhas? This is WCW. I guarantee you, WCW, if we don't hang together, we all will hang separately. Hogan, I've got a choke slam noose that's going to fit just right around your neck. Uh, yeah! 
All right, perhaps a little bonding on the part of the superstars in World Championship Wrestling. Quickly, Jimmy Hart, before we leave the air. Mean Gene, you've known me for most of my professional wrestling career. I eat and sleep professional wrestling 24 hours a day. Sometimes I lie so much, I believe what I'm lying about myself. And one day I'll have to pay for the things I've done. But I promise you this, and Hogwild Hogan will take you out. Thank you, and good night from Orlando, everybody. Bad terminology. Then Jimmy Hart ends the night by saying they'll take Hogan out. So you can count on it. It's a guarantee. Hog wild. They're taking him out to buy him a beer. And then as you go off the air, just one more time, we want to show our own wrestler getting his ass kicked. So they show Rey Mysterio getting thrown into the trailer one more time in slow motion. motion. So you can really get... And then freeze frame on him going into the trailer. He smacked his head, I mean... Well, with his hands there. Yeah, but still, though, the freeze frame shows the connection. It It was really done very well. It was done very well, but they shouldn't have shown a replay of their guy getting... They shouldn't have shown it, shown it the first time. Yeah. And so ends the July 29th, 1996 edition of Monday Nitro. From Disney World. From Disney. Well, all I can say about this show is that I'm sorry. I enjoyed if, it. If it was back in 1996, I think it would play better. If you if, But it doesn't hold up. It just doesn't hold up. In I repeat viewings. It. I believe it or not, I enjoyed it. Except for High Voltage and Steiner's. Good Lord. That was my... I liked that the best. The Steiner really? screwdriver. Rick looking around. He damn near paralyzed a man. Yeah. That was pretty exciting. That was exciting stuff. I liked Bobby Heenan walking out on the show. Oh, I That's what that. I felt. I, fe- was... I wanted to join him and walk out on this show about halfway through. As we spent 30 minutes... Scooping up four wrestlers in the back. Well, I mean, you know, you can't... They could be very seriously hurt, so you can't move them too much. I hate that they never mentioned Macho Man riding off on that limo. Yeah, I want to know what happened to him. Is he okay? Is he safe? Tune in next week. All right, well, tune in next week. Tune in next week to see The Gambler take on Glacier sometime soon. So, on our rating scale, Hornswoggle to Giant Gonzalez, Patrick, where do you stack... This amazing edition of Monday Nitro. He was a part of a match tonight, so I'm going to go with Eddie Guerrero. I'm going to give it a Kenny Chaos because it was f- full of stuff. <laughs> it was packed full of. I figured you were going to go with Ray Mysterio getting lawn darted. It's more. It's like historical. It's like it's an yeah. important episode, but it's not a good episode. No, it's it's a watch for true wrestling fans. But be prepared. It's you're gonna not a to, lot of wrestling. You're gonna have to suffer through quite a bit of it. Yeah. So Patrick, next week is episode 100. 100. And you have the choice. I the power. You, you gave me the. We've hardest. done a hundred of these shitty episodes. Holy Can you believe shit. we've done it? So after our last week's show of. For my pick for The Undertaker, you know, Survivor Series 91, I was all pumped, and I was like, well, my next pick's going to be Tuesday in Texas. Like, I'm pumped. I'm ready. Then you make me watch this, and I'm like, well, hell no. I'm pumped now. They sold me. I want to see Hog Wild. But I just don't feel like that should be our 100th episode. Our 100th episode should mean more to just 
the world than Hogwild. <laughs> wow. So, so our 100th episode is we're going to see a broken back Shawn Michaels defend the WWF world title one last time. Never to be seen again. Never to be seen again against Stone Cold Steve Austin. You are also going to see the gravest challenge The Undertaker will ever face in taking on his own brother Kane. Yeah, they... I'm glad they never went back to that match. It was just it was terrible, one and done. I know it was. I mean, the Undertaker, he barely made it out alive. Yeah, and uh, you will see Owen Hart take on <laughs> Triple H for the Intercontinent or the European title. China is handcuffed to Sergeant Slaughter. What? We can't review. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> China is handcuffed to Sergeant Slaughter to keep her at bay from interfering in the European title match with Triple H and Owen Hart. Yeah, and this is the WrestleMania debut of Chainsaw Charlie. Yes. So, a lot of... The re-debut of the newly face-painted, newly helmet, new attire, and the new Sonny... LOD 2000. Which which version of Sunny is this? Is this Sunny Side Up Sunny or is this Sunny Side Down? Oh. There's a cameo from a celebrity boxer in this. Some guy named Mike Tyson. Yeah, I don't know anything about him, but I'm hoping that I'll find out something. You'll find out some unsavory things about Mike to, Tyson. I'm going to find out about who this person is, Mike Tyson. I don't I don't know anything about it. However, I do know the Hit King. The Hit King? Pete Rose will be a part of WrestleMania 14. Was he a part of 14? He was. That they was did a- that the same night they did the Undertaker match? Yes. That's so stupid. Well, there you go. WrestleMania 14. Be prepared, ladies and gentlemen. For something. It's, it's going to be, be gonna just be like huge. everything else you've listened to. It's going to be huge. The DX Band... Oh, they... <laughs> yeah, R.I.P. Chris Warren. No, they cut, the, they cut the national anthem being sung. They cut that out of the... Uh... Thank God, because I'm sure they tore that yo, off. Yo, yo, yo! <laughs> the Rockets Red Glare! I'm going to have to find my VHS copy and watch the original. And Jim Johnston, Jim Johnston playing guitar in the background. Was he? Yeah, he was part of the DX band. Really? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, his one on-camera appearance. He's still getting those network checks, I'm sure. So yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, he was in the DX band, featuring vocalist Chris Warren. So there you go, WrestleMania 14. All right. Well, I'm pumped. It's our hundredth episode. You're what? I'm pumped. Oh, pumped. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, that'll be something. It's it's our hundredth <laughs> episode and I'm excited. Yeah. Well, it, technically it's our like hundred and fifth episode, but it's okay. We're not counting specialty episodes. Oh yeah. Those great ones. They are awesome. Mm. It's debatable. Okay, well, I'm intern Alex. I'm the one and only the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. Saying as always. My closing line's a clothesline. Yeah. And bingo, bango.